My name is Jennifer Kronk from the Assist Learning Podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hey, welcome back. Today I'm talking with Tim Helms. He's a friend. He's a colleague. He's been in education, public education in the state of Georgia for over 41 years. Lots to learn, lots to hear from him. You're going to love this. And by the way, his kids are also teachers. They're fifth generation. That means he's got a lot of teachers in that family. Good stuff today. Thanks for being here. Enjoy. Hey, have you got some thoughts, questions, or ideas? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me through my email at stephenmiletto at gmail.com. Stephen spelled with a V and Miletto is M-I-L-E-T-T-O. And that's at gmail.com. Or if you're in the United States or Canada, you can call my Google voice number at 478-353-5471. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Take care now. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Tim Helms Sr. is currently serving as the Executive Director for Southwest Georgia RESA. This is Tim's 41st year in the educational field. His tenure in education includes being a high school science teacher, head football coach, and athletic director. He has served as principal at all three levels, including high school principal at Thomasville and Cairo High Schools in Georgia. He also served as the assistant superintendent of human resources for Houston County Schools in Middle Georgia and as a school improvement specialist with Middle Georgia RESA before returning to the Southwest Georgia area. He's a graduate of Florida State University, received his master's in school administration from Valdosta State University, and his specialist degree in leadership from Nova Southeastern University. He's an inaugural graduate of the Superintendent Professional Development Program and was recognized as a distinguished principal in the state of Georgia in 2008. Tim Helms is married to Lois, and they have two children. Their son, Tim Jr., is a graduate of UGA and teaches at Cairo High School. Their daughter, Kelly, is a graduate of Georgia Southern University and teaches at Thomasville High School. Both Tim Jr. and Kelly are fifth-generation educators. Say hi to everyone, Tim. Hey, uh, good morning. Uh, it's good to, good to uh, talk to everyone here. Well, Tim, first of all, and by the way, I, I was going to ask you this question before, and I left it out of my question, so I'm going to throw it out there. No one would know that you are a Florida State alumni. And that's a joke because <laughs> there's no way in no, not knowing that you graduated from Florida State University because there's a little bit of FSU everywhere. So did you have fun there? Oh, yeah. I had a great time. And, uh, yeah, I've got the Florida State stickers on my car, and I'm always looking at people and going, how about those knolls? And uh, so, yeah, and, and plus uh, living in Cairo and, and only uh, 30 minutes from Tallahassee, you know, just right across the state line. So I always keep up with my Florida State Seminoles and, and pretty excited that they're in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA basketball finals now. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing them play. Well, I guess it's tomorrow night. Uh, no. Uh, Thursday night, maybe. 
Very cool. So just around the corner. And like I said, you know, it, it is, you, you cannot know, you will know where, <laughs> you know, Tim's coming at you because he, he's wearing his cool colors very proudly. So uh, good stuff. Uh, the, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is funny is that we actually met <laughs> before we knew each other. And it, this is a, you know, and so just bear with me just a second because I want to share with everybody a story. You know, I was principal of a school up in uh, just north of Atlanta. And, uh, and Tim, you're, about how many hours would you say Cairo is from Marietta? Oh, from Marietta? Yes. Uh, well, it's a good four and a half hours, probably five hours, to be honest with you. Especially by school bus. So oh, <laughs> uh, Try six or seven. Six yeah, or seven. go ahead. <laughs> well, um, our football coach was looking for a, a team to play us for a couple of years and uh, for a spot in our schedule, and uh, and uh, he came up with Cairo. And uh, said this would be awesome. We had arranged everything, and Cairo made a good deal with us. And uh, we headed down there for two years. I'll never forget when we got off the interstate, the kids start going, where are we going? You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know, it's like, you know, felt like a couple days later, and <laughs> even though we're in the same state. And what was really cool was that uh, I'll never forget uh, coming to Cairo, because even though I'd never been there and the kids, most of our kids had never been outside their their community or at least right, north area right. of Atlanta, um, they were the families, the kids, the different student groups all welcomed us with open arms. There was a great chicken restaurant there that took care of us with meals. And uh, and uh, just uh, the people in Cairo were just so wonderful um, for us. And that's one of the things I'll never forget. And what was cool was just a couple of years ago when we're both recent directors, I was telling a story. You were telling a story. And I was telling that story about going down there. And uh, you leaned over and said, when were you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was neat, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Talking about serendipity. I had no clue because <laughs> – I, I never forget those visits because it just it just really went well and uh, it was so cool to yeah I still wanted to get you down there and uh, take you by Mr Chick and see the automobile museum and anyway uh, we're gonna get you down there I want you to come steal we're gonna make that happen we're gonna make that happen so that'll be we'll have to do a part two to this now I'm in Cairo and there we're you go, talk. There you go. So that's that's some of the thoughts I have right now, which would be cool so what I'd like you to do is can you talk a little bit about you know. I always remember this trip. I always remember interacting with everybody. I, you know, it's just uh, um, you guys really took good care of us, and this and the the uh, game went well. I mean, you guys, you guys won. You know, I would have <laughs> rather have won, but you know, there's no run up the score or anything like that, and it was it just we were treated right. And you know, the uh, and I'll just never forget it uh, um, that experience. What I'd like you to do is, can you talk a little bit about Cairo, the Thomasville, you know, kind of Southwest Georgia area, just to kind of give a description and because you grew up in these areas as well. So can you just describe it to our listeners a little bit who've never been in Southwest Georgia, Risa? Sure. Uh, Southwest uh, Georgia? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, of course, I live right in the middle of our Risa district, or, or, you know, where I live in Cairo. Of course, uh, our Risa, Southwest Risa is in Camilla, Georgia. So I have about a 20, 25 minute drive every day. But uh, you know, going back to to the schools of, of Southwest Georgia, you know it, it's great families, it's great uh, great kids. Uh, there's there's always a lot of great school spirit. Um, and, and Steve, you know this. If you start off the school year with with a good football team and a lot of school spirit, usually your whole school year goes good. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and whereas if you don't start off real good and you've got turbulence uh, with, with football and then, you know, basketball and baseball and track. and But anyway, 
it just brings so much school spirit. Uh, we, we had a lot of school spirit at Cairo, and also uh, uh, when I was principal at Thomasville High School, lots of great school spirit. And you know, the the folks in Cairo were they were a little frustrated with me that I went to one of our arch rival schools uh, uh, and and was principal. But I was there uh, prior to being principal of of Cairo. And uh, but it, it's a great little southern town uh, in in uh, down in southwest Georgia. We really like uh, like living there. That's awesome. The uh, you know, and it's and that's why I made the comment before. You know, it was one of those things where you hated to. Uh, um, my football coach is like, you know, <laughs> we know what we're doing here. We're going to be going down there, and we're going <laughs> to do our best, but we're going to lose. <laughs> and um, and that's what I you know, and that, it just showed a lot of the hospitality because it easily could have been something that was just blown out of the water, and instead, uh, you know, and and that was in y'all's first couple of years of even starting the school, I believe. Is that right? Right. Yeah. It was well, this, it was a new coach, and okay, uh, and all of that, and so it was it was awesome. We left with our dignity, and the and I think the kids had a good visit, and but just a neat town, just a neat atmosphere, and uh, just all Southwest Georgia has this this really cool feel, and uh, I appreciate you sharing with us because you grew up there, and what I'd like to do is use that to transition into this. Um, so as a kid in Southwest Georgia, what, what were your favorite pastimes? What'd you do? Well, you know, uh, as a kid, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, you know, my dad, uh, he, he, he loved to fish. And, and so, you know, he taught me and my brother, uh, fishing and, uh, you know, fishing on the river and, uh, uh, you know, we'd catch those little small brim and go home and, and clean them and fry them up. And so that, that kind of stuck with me. I love to fish. I love to hunt. Uh, my son and I, we, uh, you know, every uh, every first day of, of duck season, we're always on a lake somewhere, either on Lake Seminole or a little lake there in Cairo where we're hunting ducks. And, uh, you know, whether, whether we are able to kill a duck or not, doesn't really matter. It's uh, about seeing the sun come up, spending time with my son. And, uh, of course, my, my daughter is, uh, uh, she, she was an athlete in school and, uh, uh now she's a tennis coach, uh, and, and her, her gig, her sport was tennis. And, um, she's the uh, tennis coach there at Thomasville High School, uh, and my son is actually an assistant coach at Thomasville High School now. Oh, cool! Uh, and uh, so, anyway, um, it, it's just neat growing up there in a small town. And I mean, that's why my wife and I are still there is because our kids are there, you know. Uh, and and Cairo is just kind of a neat little town. Everybody knows about the Cairo Serp Makers. It's one of the as ESPN says, it's one of the three most unusual mascots in, in the nation okay <laughs> most definitely most definitely and you do remember you, the name does stick with you no pun yeah. intended <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure for sure very cool the uh you know so i gotta ask because i'm pretty sure that uh as an adult you've been fishing in um the ocean too oh yeah right, right? for sure so, so would you prefer fishing in the river or the ocean? You know, I, I really, uh, you know, I, I love going down to the beach and, and you know, the, you know, kind of doing the surf fishing. And every now and then I'll go offshore, you know, out in, you know, real deep waters. But pretty much uh, I enjoy just kind of surf fishing. And, uh, I mean, you can catch just about anything you want to out of that surf. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I saw like a 10-foot bull shark caught uh, the other day down uh -oh. <laughs> uh, out from Cape Sandblast. And I was like... And that's the water that I'm wading around in out here with a a, a ten foot shark in it. But no, it's uh, I, I enjoy the beach, but uh, I enjoy lake fishing and and uh, you know just going out with my son, my daughter, my wife uh, on the boat and uh, just spending some good quality family time. You know, awesome, awesome stuff. So let's let's talk now. Let's let's start getting into education just a little bit because what I'd like to do is you were a teacher for a while. 
do you have a favorite memory from when you were a teacher? You know, one of those memories that reminds you as an educator while you do what you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I just know that uh, uh, being an educator, you know, with, with, with my mom, a teacher, you know, and, and I'll, I guess we'll talk more about kind of uh, growing up as a teacher in, in a little bit later. But, uh, you know, I, I just uh, I knew that when I graduated from high school, as, as involved as I was in athletics, uh, you know, I thought, you know, I think I want to. I want to keep doing this when I graduate from college. Uh, a person that had a, a great influence on my life was my head football coach. You know, even though my, my, my dad was the biggest influence, you know, but right there, right second, running a close second right there to my dad was my high school head football coach. Um, and I realized the influence that he had on me. And so, Steve, I, I you know, after, you know, as I went to Florida State there, uh, I realized, you know, I, I want to get a, a degree in, in teaching and I, I want to get a degree in education um, because I want to be able to uh, help make a difference in a, in a child's life and uh, no, no better way than, than actually stepping out and, and being a coach too. Um, and so I started off as an assistant football coach and uh, about five or six years later, I became the head coach there at Cairo High School. And, uh, you know, to this day, I, I guess one of the greatest things that, that, that I love is uh, – some of my old players will, will contact me through Facebook or whatever and say, hey, coach, you made a difference in my life. Uh, and, and, you you know, coach, I remember when you used to talk about uh, putting the pieces of, of, of a ship together and, you know, that, it, it, you know, it, the metal, when you, when you weld it together and put it together, you can make a great ship and it'll float. But if you take those metal the metal pieces apart, uh, the ship won't it won't it won't sail. It, it sinks. And anyway, uh, I had one of my students, uh, one of my players, that that called that uh, uh, sent me an email the other day with that example. I had really forgotten that I used that so many times. But he just said, "Hey, uh, you know, you, you really uh, taught me some 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 life lessons, and I appreciate it." That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that you know, that's when something like that happens. That's actually what makes it difficult to explain to people who've never taught or who don't understand that who may have taught, but never connected with, with kids that the feeling of uh, there's your payback, you know, that type of thing. So it's kind of cool. So yeah. um, very nice. Thank you for sharing that memory. I appreciate it. The, uh, um, so what I'd like to do is let's take a look at, um, you know, in the intro, I talked about your children because they're both teachers, which is really cool and unique, but not only is that unique, they're fifth generation teachers. So that means you've got other teachers in your family, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so can you talk about who else in your family are teachers? And let's just kind of bring it forward. For yeah, me. I sure will. Uh, of course, my wife's an educator, too. She's a retired uh, middle school guidance counselor. Nice. And, uh, but I, I guess uh, this happened about three or four years ago. Um, my Aunt Hazel, she called me from Bonifay, Florida. That was where I grew up. And she said, uh, well, first of all, my secretary said, hey, you've got a lady on here that says she's your aunt and wants to talk to you. And I went, that's my Aunt Hazel. Yes, I'm going to talk to her. And, and she said, uh, Tim, I, I understand that, that uh, Tim Jr. and Kelly are both now teaching school. I said, yes, ma'am, they are. And she said, well, you know what that means. And I said, no, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. And she said, well, your great-grandmother Meeker was a, a school teacher in a one-room school building. And she said, your grandmother Tyson was also a teacher in a one-room school house. 
She said, your mother was a teacher. She said, you're a teacher. And now your children are two fifth generation educators. And I don't know, but what Steve, that's one of the uh, most proudest things that, that I, I'm, I'm so proud of is that my kids have followed me and my wife in education, you know. So we're just a bunch of educational nerds, you know. We, <laughs> that's all we can talk about, basically. That's but, awesome. Uh, but I'm really proud to say that, that my kids, uh, my, my son and daughter, are educators. That's awesome. And what a cool thing to find out, that especially through a phone call to say, oh, i got to tell you something. You yeah, know? yeah. She had figured that out. I didn't realize it, you know. That's awesome. So, And, and one of the things, there's another cool thing that happens in there, by the way. It, you know, your son actually taught in a room that has a special memory for you. He may have been there briefly, but what, what was that all about? Wow, Steve. Uh, my, my son actually started teaching in the same classroom that I taught in over 40 years ago. Oh I, I was a science teacher in that classroom. And when they assigned him that classroom, you know, I said, so you're down on the third wing. And he said, yeah. And I said, which classroom? He said, the one all the way on the right hand side. And I went, that's the classroom I was in over 40 years ago. So anyway, pretty neat. That uh, is very neat. That's yeah. very cool. I got like goosebumps over there. That's, that's neat stuff. Cause that's, you know, that, I mean, how many people can say that, that their son's teaching the room or taught in the room in which they taught him? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty special. So I got to ask this because now we, we see all these family connections here in education. So do you have any, I mean, are there any of those moments where you have the educator disagreements with each other? I mean, because you could have your own conference right there. with that Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we try to have uh, our, our son and daughter and their husband and wives uh, over on uh, one time a week. Um, or, or, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't work out one time a week, but we try to have them come over and, and we have what we call the Helms casserole connection. Nice. And we sit down and they know they can just come in and eat and say, okay, I'm out of here. And we, you know, me and uh, Lois, we clean the dishes up and everything, but we, we just about can't have a conversation at the, at the dinner table without talking about education, you know, and uh, what's the latest stuff out there and, you know, what really is differentiation, uh, you know, all the, <laughs> the different topics that, that come up and, uh, but, but it's always fun to hear their perspective and, and really, uh, you know how education has changed over the years. That's that. That would be a cool conversation to be able to have with your family. That's neat. The, uh, um, yeah, because what it makes me think of is, I'm pretty sure I would get a lot of eye rolling if I had that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, really? We're going to talk about this now? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good stuff. The uh, all right. So let's let's bring it on in and, and talk about some advice for some classroom teachers. If if you were to give a teacher who struggles with classroom management some suggestions. What might it be? What advice would you give a teacher struggling with classroom management? You know, I, I think that I would tell a teacher, uh, you know, get get to know get to know the kids, and and I mean, you know, uh, you know, usually it's not the entire class; it, it's one or two students. And 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 I shared this with my son and daughter both. I said, "Hey, when you're going in there to to teach those kids, you know, you know, certainly try to be prepared." But I said, "Try to to get to know them on on a personal basis, some." And they, they were like, what do you mean? I said, uh, go to find out what they're interested in. If they have extracurricular activities, go to a football game and, and see them play. And, and that next day, tell them, hey, you know, I came to see you play the other night. And something that you can just uh, hook on to to develop some type of personal relationship with them. Um, so, so that's the, the first thing I, I would say do as a new incoming teacher as far as classroom management um, and, and just, you know, really, they don't, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, you know? Right. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, one of the successes that, that I've had now is that 
a, a lot of the, the kids that are rolling through some of those classes now, they're, they're the sons and daughters of of parents that, that I taught, okay? And so that's another reason I can have a good conversation with both my son and daughter uh, about some of the students in their classrooms. That's that's actually a very unique aspect of it. We gotta we gotta we can't just touch on it and go away. We gotta come back to that because I can imagine. Yeah, you've got family members who you taught, and now your children may be teaching their children. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, and 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 this happened to me just the other day. Uh, it was in uh, happened to me in Walmart that I uh, I, I had a student that. Uh, it was really when I was an administrator, I would see this particular student sometimes two and three times a week, okay, that he would have to show up in my office to, for me to kind of sit, you know, try to straighten him out a little bit, you know, and, and uh, he, he really, uh, well, we got to know each other pretty, pretty good, but uh, he saw me in Walmart and we kind of made eye contact with each other. And, you know, and I was kind of like looking away, you know, whenever he, but I saw him, he came over to me and he said, Mr. Helms, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm so-and-so. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you, you know. And uh, he said, I-, I just want you to know I, I owe you an apology. And I, and I went, apology for what? And he went, Mr. Helms, I-, I really gave you a lot of trouble back in middle school. Nice. And he said, I want you to know I apologize, and, and I've gotten my life straightened out, and uh, he started pulling his wallet out, and I thought, I thought what's he going to do, give me money here? <laughs> but he wanted to show me a picture of his family. Oh, excellent. And he said, you know, I'm in the military now. I'm married. I want you to see my family. You know, and, and uh, you know, just, just made me feel real, real, real special uh, that, that he you know, wanted to apologize to me. And, you know, I gave him a big old hug before he left, told him how proud I was of him, you know. That's powerful. That's so It powerful. really is. The uh, – all right, so now we're going to get into some administration here because you were you were a principal at all three levels, elementary, middle, high. All right, so I got to ask this because I'm a former high school principal. Can you can you say you liked one over the other? You know, I, I know that my I really loved all different facets of it. I really did. I loved the little ones. You know, I'll never forget. My first day as a principal at, at Little Shiver Elementary School, walking down the hall and, you know, here, a first grade class, they were about to go to a lunch. And, and this little, you know, the first little guy in the line, he held his arms out, you know, telling me, Mr. Hems, I want to give you a hug. And so I, I thought, this is neat. I, so I hugged him. And the next thing I know, I was hugging the next 22 in line, you know. <laughs> and so I realized, you know, I can't be going down the first and second grade wing, uh, you know, close to lunchtime. But, no, I love those elementary kids. Middle school kids, you know, hormones were always raging. Uh, you know, I used to call them hormones, okay. And, uh, but but uh, I, I guess high school, I uh, really, really enjoyed that Uh you know, because of all the different, you know, 17 different sports, uh, you know, you know, I had a football team and a, a basketball team and a track team and a debate team and an ROTC and a choral group and just just so many different uh, aspects of the high school that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, so I, I guess probably, uh, you know, as I kind of went from elementary to middle to high, in fact, what was kind of unique is some of my students that I had as elementary kids they were also my students. I graduated them. 
Neat. And it was just kind of neat that I was their principal at all three levels. Yeah. Now that in itself would be very cool. Unless, yeah. unless you're the kid that was worried that you were following them. Well, that's right. You know, gosh, am I ever going to get rid of Mr. Helms? You know, uh, my my daughter, she kind of looked at me and said, "Dad, are you just going to go on to college with me too?" You know, <laughs> nice, nice. That's funny. I forgot that your kids were there too. So. Oh yeah, they were there. You know, they were under a microscope. You know, <laughs> excellent. So anybody say those Helms kids? <laughs> yeah, they're you know, they're they're bad. <laughs> they take after their daddy, nice. not not their mom. <laughs> awesome. The uh, so. In talking about uh, being principal at three levels, what do you miss most about being a principal? Steve, I miss the most about being a principal is the same as you. I miss the kids. Okay. I really do. And just the crazy stuff that that could go on and that they would come up with. And I mean, you know, I think back of uh, a time in middle school, and this is when I was an assistant principal at the middle school. And, uh, you know, I uh, I had one of those frequent visitors that would come to me at least two or three times a week. And, you know, I, uh, most of the times, you know, I'm just kind of come in, you know, set them down and say, hey, calm down. You know, let, let's talk about what happened down in the classroom. And, you know, the teacher's going to give you your hat back. Okay, you don't <laughs> have to go ballistic. We're going to get the hat back. But, you know, you, you're not supposed to wear a hat in the classroom. Okay. But anyway, it was something similar to that, and it was a young man, and, and you know, uh, at, the more I talked, the more he kind of started lifting his head, and he started looking at me, you know, and, and I thought, I'm really connecting with this young man, a middle schooler, you know, and, and he was kind of tilting his head, looking at me, and I thought, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really making a difference here. He's understanding me. And finally, I kind of stopped, and I said, now, Johnny, do you have anything you want to say? And he looked at me and he said, Mr. Helms, has anybody ever told you that you look like Elvis Presley? <laughs> you, know, you know, the whole time I was thinking, you know, I'm really connected here. You know, <laughs> you know you look like Elvis Presley. <laughs> starting to wonder if he should ask you for your autograph. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but you never knew, you never know what was coming out of kids, you know. You're right. Uh, You're very much right. You That's, know, in, uh, in elementary school, I'll never forget, um, uh, a uh, one of my first grade students brought me a present one day, and it was in a, a a box about a foot by foot, you know, and it wasn't wrapped. But they said, "Mr. Hems, I want to give you a present," and it was a little kitty cat in box, oh, so, you no. know. <laughs> so, had to bring the cat home with me, you know. And, but I got <laughs> yeah, but brought home a cat to my wife, you know. Nice. The. Uh... <laughs> That's, is that funny or what? That's very funny, especially because the innocence of the, the, the kid giving you this. Uh, yeah, she, she said, we've got a mama cat around the house that had a litter of kittens, and my mama said to take some of these and give them away, you know? <laughs> now, to all you listening, this is one of those things where you go, yeah, no one taught you how to deal with that, did they? Yeah. <laughs> nice. The, uh, all right, so – Let's shift gears here, and because football, I would think you could say was a big part of your life, wouldn't you? Absolutely, sure. The uh, so you're a player and uh, assistant coach, and eventually become a head coach, and eventually athletic director, and then something we're going to get to before we finish. You're actually dun 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 referee today, so uh, <laughs> and we're going to get there too. So um, talk a little bit about um, you know just just a little bit about let, let's talk about that impact in your educational career. What what role did that? Did the sport of football play for you? 
Well, you know, uh, you know, I, I guess the, one of the uh, a big role model in my life was was of course my brother, and uh, because he he played high school football, and you know, I, I you know as a young boy, I wasn't able to go to all of the all of his away football games, but I can, I'll, you know, he and I we we roomed together and slept in the same bed, and you know, I'll never forget, uh, you know. On, on uh, Friday nights when he'd get home late, you know, I'd already be asleep, but I, I would hear him, uh, you know, get in bed, you know, and, and I would always jump up, turn on the lights, uh, you know, to see if he had any cuts or bruises or scrapes. <laughs> and one night he came in and he got in the bed and I, I flipped the lights on and, and he had a broken nose from the football game, oh. you know, and I thought that was great, you know, <laughs> but uh, anyway, my, my brother was a great influence on me. Uh, he, you know, he was a former principal, a former superintendent, uh, uh, assistant superintendent. He had a great influence on me. Um, but like I said before, my high school football coach, you know, if my dad told me to uh, go up and climb up on a building and jump off, I would ask my dad, why are you asking me to do this? But if my football coach asked me to do it, I wouldn't ask him why. I would just you go just up and jump it. off, you know. <laughs> nice. So, it, uh, you know, I knew that uh, coaches can have a, a great effect uh, and uh, – and make a difference in a child's life. And so I wanted to do that same thing. And and I hope somewhere down the road, maybe I've done that. Uh, so, but uh, no, uh, football, I, I enjoyed it uh, uh, as a player. Then whenever I was through uh, with college and, uh, you know, I, I coached for uh, up to 11 years before finally realizing, you know, I'm going to get into administration here. And, uh, you know, I did the – uh, the the principal thing and and now that I've kind of retired, I've been able to go back and uh, uh, I'm actually officiating high school football and uh, I've officiated a uh, you know a, a state championship game in in football and uh, I also do high school uh, I'm a high school uh, baseball official too and so I've had a chance to to uh, call uh, four state championship games in, in high school baseball. And, and I really kind of feel like that's a way for me to give back too, okay, and still gets me out on the grass and kind of, uh, you know, gets me on the sideline there or out on the field close to the, to the coaches, and, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm able to give back. That's awesome. The, uh, and, you know, and, and just as a note, I mean, I, I got <laughs> to say this because that's a cool thing because there is a little bit of um, – I'm trying to think of what would be a good word here. You know, selflessness as a ref, because you have to put up with a little bit of stuff from all those people who think they're better at refing, who don't necessarily wear the stripes, who sit in the stands. And I, I would think one of the interesting things is that as a football ref, at least you got some distance between you and the, you know, depending on where you are on a baseball field, you may have your backside right to the, the group that's giving you a hard time. The uh, How do you deal with that? How do you just, just kind of block it out? Yeah, you know, uh, a good official doesn't hear everything, or, or you know, uh, and and you can't have rabbit ears, and you know, and and usually, uh, you know, you, there's every now and then you have to to tell a coach, hey, coach, uh, I'm going to restrict you to the dugout, uh, but you know, again, uh, uh, coaches uh, they kind of realize that I have been there, I know that's their livelihood, they know that I'm. I really don't care who wins the game. I just want to make sure that it's officiated fairly and, and by the rules and and uh, that the players are, are safe. And and I think they know that's kind of where my heart is at. And, uh, you know, my wife always kind of says, 
why, you know, why are you traveling all over the state to call a football game on Friday nights? And, you know, I said, it's just kind of part of my DNA. And I, I just enjoy still kind of being on the, on the grass and being close to the, to the players and close to the coaches. And, uh, because, you know, I've been, I've been on that sideline before and, and that's why I want to do a, 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 the best job I can for, for the coaches and, the, and uh, most of all the players. That's awesome. I know that, uh, you know, the role that refs play in keeping them safe and keeping the game focused on what it's supposed to be about, which is the sportsmanship and, uh, and uh, you know, it goes where it goes. If without them, without a good focus, you know, from that referee team, it doesn't stay that way. And that's, no, that's uh, right. That's awesome. And it's cool that you do that. I, um, we keep threatening to, uh, for those of you listening, it, those of us know that he's refing, we keep threatening to show up and, uh, you know, Kind of heckle him from the <laughs> from the stands. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd probably have to. Uh, I'd, I'd catch your voice, Steve, and I, I'd have to. I'd have to eject you from a game. You know? oh. <laughs> Come on, ref, let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome, awesome. The uh, um, so very cool. I mean, you you have this incredible, just uh, incredible career. You've uh, been working with uh, all levels. You've been in the classroom. You've been. Uh, you've got your own kids or teachers. Your wife's a teacher. The uh, you've, lived in these communities, you've head football coach, you're athletic director, all this sort of stuff. And, and one of the things that you hear out of what you talk about is that it, you know, it, it, it's a big part of you know, working with the kids. You keep hearing you talk about or referencing or something to do with kids and stuff like this. What would you say the role of extracurricular activities would be for new teachers? The idea that not them participating, but I mean, them as a teacher wanting to participate. Uh, let's try that one again. Wanting to um, sponsor or, or be a coach or wanting to, to um, get involved in something like that? What would you say that role might play in their world in working with kids? Yeah, I mean, that's a real good question. Uh, and you and I both know, you know, when we would interview, when we had teaching openings, you know, whether it was math, science, social studies, uh, ELA, you know, I would have some great candidates walk through the door. But I would always look at them before – in that interview and say, what else do you bring to the table? Yeah. And they would go, what do you mean? And I'd go, <laughs> could you be a cheerleader sponsor? Or could you be an assistant tennis coach? Or could you coach the debate team? Or, you know, I wanted to know what else they brought to the table. Would you be a club sponsor? And uh, that's one thing I told my son and daughter both. I said, when you're going for interviews, not only sell yourself as, as a good classroom teacher, but you let that principal, you let those administrators know that, that you bring more to the table, that you're going to be involved, that they're going to see you at, at uh, you know, that you want to be a sponsor, you want to help coach something. Uh, you're going to be at that prom. You're going to be at that uh, senior night um, that, that uh, you just don't clock in at 8 o'clock and clock out at 3.30, that, that you're, you're more than that uh, because you care about kids and, and, and about making a difference. So usually that teacher, just, just like you know, uh, all things being equal, that teacher that brought a little bit more to the table and wanted to be a sponsor, wanted to help kids, that person was the one I wanted to hire uh, oh, get as right. the teacher. Yeah, I understand that because that's the same way here. I think, and I give advice to new people who want to be teachers, that that's something they need to do, especially because it's not so much about, because you have to be careful because you have to learn how to balance your time and such. That's I mean, right. I'm a former theater club sponsor or my former yearbook sponsor oh, yeah. or my former soccer goalie coach i mean there's 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 all kinds of other little things that i also help work on different clubs and you know and it's uh it's one of those things where what you discover right away though is that it helps you connect with the kids 
they start re- seeing you as a person, not as you know, like a robot that locks himself in the closet <laughs> or something like that at night. Recharge your batteries. Oh, you're, you're a cyborg, cyborg, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think it's one of those cool things. And and it's kind of like what you said about your own experience with the football coach that you had. You know, you, your dad <laughs> may, may get a really dad that's what you want me to do with the coach hey man i'll, I'll run through oh, that I'm, wall. I'm gonna do it yeah <laughs> there we go i'll run through that wall nice so you've been the executive director of southwest georgia Risa now for seven years can you talk a little bit about what you and your team do sure steve and, and i mean i know that you're certainly familiar with it too because you and i we, we kind of live the same life now but uh you know one thing that uh i, I know is that the state department of education they cannot do it by themselves and they're going to rely on Reese's, the 16 Reese's that we have. Um, and we're truly, and, and I know I'm preaching the choir here, but <laughs> we are the boots on the ground right. to roll out the initiatives of the State Department of Education. And if they think they can just say, you know, we're going to do it ourselves, there's no way. Because nobody knows the heartbeat of middle Georgia like you as the as the heart of Georgia recent director, nobody kind of knows the heartbeat of Southwest Georgia the way I do as the South, because I work with these people. I work with those 15 school systems. I, they're, they're superintendents. I'm, as I'm sitting here, I've already got a text from two of, of my superintendents and, you know, they're going, Hey, we know you're out of town, but we need <laughs> you to help us with this. Nice. Uh, but, but they're my colleagues too. We're friends. And um, so uh, th- I love being the, the RISA director, but, but more so than that is our, uh, the, the great professionals that we have at our Southwest RISA. Um, and I mean, we've got over 37 employees, and I one time added up, most of them are retired, but I added up all of the years' experience that they had, and, and most of them have 30 years each, you know, uh, 30 or more, right. and you kind of do the math on that. We have almost, a, you know, we have hundreds of years of experience, uh, educators, and uh, it's just neat. You know, I always tell them, hey, the work is not here at RISA. The work is out in the schools, and uh, it, they do a great job, and, and we really believe that we're helping move the, new, the needle for, for student success. That's what it's all about, and uh you know, at every one of our staff meetings, we always kind of look at our mission statement. We put it on the board and we go, okay, let's read it. <laughs> we're a service agency and it's we're committed to see improvement for students. You know, so that that's what we're about. And I, I really enjoy, uh, I, I don't know but what this is one of the, uh, of the my favorite jobs that I've had in my career as, as a RISA director. That's awesome. The uh, and for those of you listeners who don't know, most of your states, if you live in the United States, you probably most of the states have something like us, which is a it's, it's a regional educational service agency. And whether it's a CESA and ESSA or some of them have different letters in front of them, but uh, um, most part, I think at least forty eight of the states, I believe, have a have some semblance of that. They do. They, they do right. They uh, uh, and. It's such a cool thing being able to support the school systems. How many school systems do you have? We have fifteen school, fifteen systems, and uh, over ninety schools um, in in Southwest Risa. And uh, you know, some of those, now some of our larger systems, they don't need our support as much as those small school systems that have maybe 
340 students K through 12, you know, and, and we've got uh, about four of those that are just real small systems and they really, uh, they, they really will uh, utilize RISA uh, to, to the max uh, with our English language arts, our math uh, consultants, our, our science, um, uh, all of our school improvement folks that are getting in there and, and, and trying to tweak and, and help principals and, uh, but, but the advice that I give our, uh, our consultants and all of our recent employees is, you know, before you go into a school and start talking about their data and, and CCRPI scores, go in there and develop a relationship with those teachers and with that administrator and with those principals. So I don't know what that was. I don't either. That's <laughs> Maybe that's the bell. That's <laughs> got to stop. <laughs> so what's very funny about this is I'm beginning to feel like Charlie Brown right now. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's like, yeah, we're fixing to have a fire alarm in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> yes. I'll mess with that. I'll see if okay. I edit it out or not because it actually might be kind of funny. <laughs> All right. So we're working now coming, in, coming to a kind of a close and I've enjoyed talking with you Tim and I greatly appreciate your time and I can't wait oh. to come down to your area because we've got to go down there and I, I think I'm going to do a handheld mic sort of thing and we'll walk around and oh yeah go you got to do it you're, you're going to love it I'm looking forward to it the uh so here's the last couple questions if you had the chance to talk with 100 brand new teachers what is one piece of advice you would want to give them you know my advice would be to to go in there and like I just said you know, before you can teach kids, they got to know that you care about them, you know, and you know, there, there were a lot of times in middle school and high school that I would just, you know, I'd just go, hey, young man, you know, I, I know where your parents work at and, you know, let's just go down here and, you know, I, I want to meet your mom and dad or, or either I would, uh, you know, me and one of my assistant principals would take that child home and I would go in there and sit down, you know, on that old dirty couch that had springs sticking up out of it and and would just talk to the parent and kind of find out where, where that kid's coming from okay because I know that I'm blessed I know that I had a mother uh, that 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 was an educator my, my father was a, a Baptist minister and you know I had that dining room table to do my homework at and so many times I've I've told my son and daughter these kids they don't have that dining room table to go home and sit down at and do homework you know some kids are actually homeless, and how do you do homework when you're home when you're homeless? You know, right. but uh, my advice to give educators would be: go in there and build a relationship with your students, your faculty, your other teachers and colleagues uh, before going in there and, and trying to to drop the hammer down and 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 do a whole lot of hard hard level teaching. Um, the teaching it it'll come. And uh, just kind of give it some time and, and develop relationships with kids. And uh, uh, you, you can, because so many times I know that my students, they don't remember what I taught them in science, but they remembered that I cared about them. And, uh, and, and I know that because they come back and they tell me, uh, like the, the one in Walmart that came back the other day, you know. Neat. Yeah. Awesome advice. Awesome advice. So, Let's shift it up. You were a principal at three different levels. What one piece of advice would you give to brand new principals? Doesn't matter what level. To brand new principals. Um, my advice to a brand new principal would be go in and, and just kind of uh, do as the Romans do. Just kind of sit back and observe and don't make a whole lot of changes that first year. You know, 
the first six months, kind of come in and just kind of, you know, make sure that you are visible throughout the school. Don't think that you're going to run a school from behind your desk. You've got to be visible, but you've got to be for all the students. You know, not just this certain group of students. You've got to be for all students uh, in, in your school. And, and again, don't make a whole lot of changes that first year. I know that principals, they want to get in there and they want to make this change, this change. You know, i got to get this thing corrected. You know, just give yourself some time to see, you know, uh, who, you, who your, your solid teachers are and who your teachers are that, that need some direction and some guidance. Uh, and you don't have to go looking for trouble. You know, trouble will find you. So uh, that, that's another piece of advice. Good. You don't you don't have to go looking for trouble. You know, trouble will find you. Everybody knows who the principal of the school is, okay? Uh, they know it's you. And if you're not in control as the principal, then who is in control, okay? Right. So that's why in some of my most uh, crisis situations, I was pretty, you know, I feel like that I was calm and cool and in control because I knew if I got out of control, then then who was in control? That's awesome advice, awesome um, observation as well. Because you know sometimes, because <laughs> you know trouble will find you. It's it, there's no problem. It's it's going <laughs> to come right. your way. It's almost like you're wearing a giant neon sign that says "Trouble here I am." All right, come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and Steve, I know you've done this too. I always uh, it was my philosophy. I wanted to catch teachers doing good things. Nice. Okay, uh, because. You know, if like I said, if you go looking for trouble, you'll find trouble. I wanted to catch them doing catch them doing good, students and teachers. You know. Yes, excellent, excellent. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it, and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, I would have to. Uh, it was my first grade teacher. Ooh, cool, Miss Marie Cates, uh, and uh, you know, I, I'll never forget. Uh, you know, she was a great, she's a great teacher. Uh, but but I'll never forget the time that uh, Harvey J and I were over. Uh, I'm, I'm going to age myself here. We we were melting crayons on the radiator. Okay, nice. it was over near the pencil sharpener. Okay, and Harvey J and I we were over melting crayons because there was a lost and found crayon box over there, and we'd slip over there and act like we were sharpening our pencil, but we'd be melting crayons. Okay. And I'll never forget that all of a sudden, Miss Cates, she had grabbed Harvey J by the hair of the head, and she had grabbed me by the hair of the head. And the next thing we knew, we were out the door, and she looked at us and she said, you're better than this, Tim Helms. You know that, that your parents would be disappointed, and I'm giving you a spanking. And before I knew it, I'd received a spanking. But, you know, I didn't melt any crayons on the radiator anymore either. But I knew she cared about me. But here's why, how I knew she cared about me. When my granddaddy Helms passed away, and that was back in the day where uh, after the funeral home had embalmed the body, that the, the uh, wake would be, at the at the uh, at the house, okay, and and my granddaddy Helms uh, in in his uh, older years had uh, had come to live with us uh, in our home there in downtown Bonifay, and I was outside uh, when you know people were coming to to visit, and I remember granddaddy Helms's body was there in the living room in the casket, and uh, I was outside running around in the front yard, and I saw Miss Cates walking up the sidewalk 
And she came up and I, I spoke to her. I said, hey, Miss Gates. And she said, you know, and I looked at her real quick and I said, my mom and dad are in the house. And she said, well, Tim, I really came to see you. All right. And she said, by the way, what are you doing out here in this front yard? And I had a jar that had a lid on it. It was a mayonnaise jar. And I had some holes poked in the top of it. And I was catching lightning bugs that night. Nice. And Miss Cates, she took time and she said, what are, you, what are you doing? And I said, well, I've got a jar full of lightning bugs here. And she said, I wonder why those lightning bugs light up like they do, Tim. And I said, well, I don't really know. And she said, don't you have some encyclopedias in that house? And I said, oh, yes, ma'am. She said, go, go get one of those encyclopedias uh, under ale, okay? <laughs> and even at that young age, we looked up that night about how lightning bugs give off a luminescent uh, glow over their bellies. And, um, and, and so, I mean, guess what? Guess who had the best bug collection in the fifth grade? Okay, I did, okay? Uh, guess who was interested in bugs and taught biology uh, and taught science? She saw that in me, okay? She believed in me, just like my parents believed in me. But Miss Marie Cage, she was my first grade teacher, and uh, she made a difference in my life. That's awesome. Talk about powerful. I love that. I love that story. The uh, Thank you so much for sharing, and, and thank you so much for spending time. I yeah, I, I can't thank you enough. I thoroughly have enjoyed getting to know you over the years, working with you as a recent director, and and uh, this, you know, and it's cool getting to know so much more uh, about you and your family and everything that's going on. And I just want to say you're an awesome educational leader and just a wonderful person, uh, just a wonderful person. I, I thank you for making a difference in the lives of so many kids, families, and communities. I wish you the best in all that you do. Thank you so much, Tim. Steve, thanks so much. This was a pleasure, and uh, I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, I'm still going to hold you to come into Cairo, and uh, I want to take you to Mr. Chick and take you out in the boat around the lake down there. We'll have fun, okay? I'm going to take you up on that. It sounds like a blast, man. Okay. Thanks again, Steve. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.